come as a body of believers and just corporately worship you. Uh, to sing those words, Lord, uh, to put our minds off the things of this world and on you. And it's so awesome, Lord, that we can do that. High above the heavens, high above everything else that we think of, Lord. You are worthy of our praise and honour. And so we, as we come to this time now, as Dan uh, brings the word that he's prepared, we pray that you bless his words uh, and pray that you would uh, speak through them and speak through him, Lord, we ask. We pray for the kids' programmes and the teachers in them. Uh, bless them too as they learn and, and, um, and get taught uh, more of you. We just pray for them, Lord, and the teachers as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. Hey, so we're, we're carrying on in our, our series this week. We had a bit of a break uh, last week. We're carrying on in our series called Who Are We? And uh, I've really enjoyed that series, uh, uh, the series so far. So we've been looking at who are we as Christians? And, um, uh, you know, what is a Christian? What, what does that look like? Uh, how does it sort of play out uh, in our lives? And then we've been going through, we've, we've just finished going through the book of First Peter. Because First Peter tells us in very sort of practical sense, isn't it? If you're a Christian, what, you know, what does that mean? How do you, how do you live your life? Uh, and I've got so much out of that. It's, it's been uh, really exciting and lots of really good feedback from, from people about the different messages that, that have, we've had uh, as part of this series. Uh, and so I've learned a lot through that. We are um, going to continue the series today and we're going to be looking at who are we as a church, right? Who are we as a church? And um, before we get into that, I just want to share with you a couple of uh, statements that I often hear from Christian people regarding um, people being part of a church, right? So here, here's a few. Um, here's, here's the first one. Uh, I've been hurt by, church, by uh, people in a church. And that's very common. That's a very um, real experience for some people. Yeah, we'll come back and have a look at these um, a bit later. This one, I'm too busy. All right, I'm just too busy. All right, uh, and I used this one myself when I first left home. Uh, you know, I was just really busy. It was like, well, I'm just too busy to sort of be, be part of church. This one, I do church rogue. All right? You know, I just stay at home and I watch online or, um, you know, just me and my family get together or, or, or whatever. Um, I just study for myself. Uh, and this one, this is a real common one. I heard this again this week. Somebody said this to me. Uh, I don't believe in organised religion. Uh, I don't believe in organised religion. So maybe you've heard one of these statements before. Have you heard somebody say something like that before? Yeah, lots of nods there. Maybe you've used one of these statements before, like I have, right, uh, in the past. And... Um, so this morning, what I want to do is we kind of want to look at uh, three things as we look at this idea of who are we as a church. Um, so um, th these are the three things we're going to look at this morning. First of all, what is a church? What do we mean when we say that, right? We call ourselves Hukunui Bible Church, but what does that actually mean, right? Second thing is, what does a church do? Uh, what's its function, right? What's our, what's our purpose? What are our goals? What are, we, what are we meant to be doing? And then the third thing is, how does that work in practice? How, how do we put this into play? What, what are my responsibilities uh, as, as part of a church family? But before we look at any of that, there's probably an even more important question, which is this one. Why do we care? <laughs> right? You know, why do we care? What does it matter what a church is or does? Uh, and the reason we care is because of this verse, and this is kind of our key passage this morning. This is from Ephesians chapter 3 uh, and verse 21. So there's the verse, to him be glory in the church. The, the word in there, that's a Greek word in, and it can be translated in or through or by, right? Either of those is, is valid translation. So, so to him be glory in the church or, th or through the church and through Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever, amen. 
Okay, so we needed to find some terms here, right? Uh, this is kind of important if, if you... Uh, um, if somebody's using a term one way and somebody else is hearing a different thing, you know, it, it, it makes a, uh, it can cause problems. I've told some of you this story before, but um, it kind of illustrates it well. When I first, uh, we, we lived in Scotland for a while. We were doing church planting over there. And uh, I lived in Scotland just a couple of weeks. And this kid came and knocked on the door. And he said, oh, sorry, uh, we kicked our football over your fence. And I was just wondering if, if, if I could just um, run through your garden and get, the, get my ball, right? So as a Kiwi, in my head, uh, I'm imagining just some feet just going tramping through the flowers and the vegetables and, and crunching them all up. Because to me, a garden is an area that you have fenced off, right, to put your flowers in and your, or your veggies or, or stuff like that. Fortunately, because that's what I think of, right, when I think of a garden. But to people in Scotland... Um, that's not what they think of, right? So if you look up the word garden in the dictionary, the original meaning of the word garden uh, was a fenced off area. That's all it means, right? That's why zoos were originally called zoological gardens, right? Because all the animals were, were fenced off. So it just means a fenced off area. But when we, when we think of garden, right, we think of, yeah, flowers and veggies and all that, right? But in, in Scotland, when they think of garden, uh, they just think of your yard. So he, he's, just, he's just saying, can I walk through your yard and get my ball, right? So luckily I'd, I'd, I'd read enough you know, British books to kind of know that that's what he was talking about. Otherwise, I would have gone, no, right? Yeah, so you see, we've got to have the same definition of terms, right, to be able to understand what's going on. I've got another good example like that. I had a friend from the southern US, and he moved to New Zealand, and he said where he grew up, they used to have this short grain that they used to feed to the dairy cows, and it was called Milo, right? And he would go around to people's houses in New Zealand, and they'd say, would you like a cup of Milo? He'd say, no, I'm good, thanks. Yeah, I think, I think I'll be fine, right? Definition of terms, right, can be important. So we, so we need to define a few, a few terms here. So the first one I want to define is this one, glory. Uh, so the Greek word here is doxa, uh, and it can be translated in a number of different ways depending on, on context. But one of its core meanings is this idea of splendor or brightness, like, like a bright light. And so think of it as like shining a spotlight on somebody. We've sort of talked about this before, right? But if you imagine if it was all dark in here, we had it all sort of blacked out, and then we turn on a big spotlight, and, um, and it just went vroomk onto Dave, right? And so Dave's just lit up. What would happen? We'd all go, oh, what's Dave done? Is he getting an award? Or what, you know, what's happening here, right? Uh, and we, we'd all be looking, right? If you turn the spotlight on, on, on somebody, um, that's kind of what this word gives an idea of. When we give glory to something, it's like turning the spotlight on it so, so that um, you notice it. You see there, to him be glory through the church, right? In the church, right? So the spotlight gets turned on God through the church, right? People notice him. So are you getting the sense that church is very, very important, right? It's very, very important to God because that, that's, that, that's how God, you know, the spotlight gets turned on God and people notice God through the church. That makes sense so far? Yep. Yeah. Okay, so... What is a church, right? That's got to be the next, next one to define. And um, so the Greek word here is the word ecclesia. Ecclesia. Uh, ecclesia that literally translates as called out ones, right? Called out ones. Now that doesn't kind of mean uh, a whole lot to us, but basically what it, what it means is it's, it's a congregation or an assembly of people called together for a specific purpose. 
Right? That's, that's what the, the word means. Now, it's usually translated church um, in the Bible, but not always. Right? Acts 19 uh, gets, gets really interesting. Uh, in Acts 19, what happened in, in the city of Ephesus, there was all these tradesmen. They, they, most of the people in the city of Ephesus worshipped the goddess Diana. And there was these tradesmen in, in Ephesus and they made all these little kind of statues of Diana and trinkets about Diana worship and all that kind of, kind of stuff. And as Christianity started to spread through the city of Ephesus, business kind of tanked, right, for these tradesmen. And they were a bit unhappy about that. Uh, and so um, there was this huge kind of protest. And it, it says there was this big con- congregation or ec- ecclesia of protesters in the town square. And um, so the town clerk, He's pictured there, right? He gets up in front of everybody and, and they're, they're angry, right? And the, the, the mob's kind of seething. And he says to them, he says, look, if you have a problem, the courts are open. Go down there. This thing can be sorted out in a legal assembly, right? Uh, and he, that's the word, ecclesia, right? A legal assembly. He says, but what you're doing here is dangerous, Right? This is an illegal assembly. And you know, the Romans didn't, didn't take kindly to um, things that weren't sanctioned like that, just people kind of getting together in a mob. Uh, and then it says he, dis, uh, he uh, dismissed the assembly, right? dismissed the ecclesia. He said, okay, where you go. Right? Uh, so you can see the idea here, right? Ecclesia is the word that's, that's usually translated as church. So in a, ch- a church is an assembly or a congregation of people called together for a specific purpose, and which obviously flows in nicely to the next question, which is, what is the purpose of a church, right? What does a church do? What's it for? Uh, kind of what's the point of it? So for that, what we do is we're going to go to the words of Jesus in Matthew 28, if you, if you want to turn there. Um, this is a well-known passage that we commonly refer to as the Great Commission. And this is where Jesus kind of outlines in, in broad terms his mission plan for his, for his churches. And so let's, let's look at what he says. We'll start in uh, Matthew 28, verse number 16. It says this. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and he said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore. So he's saying, look, I have complete authority. Some, some translations will translate that word as power, right? I have complete power here. I have complete authority. Uh, and because of that, I'm delegating to you, right? I, I want you to do something. And, and it says, uh, go therefore. Now, the word go there it, um, is plural. Uh, it, it, some, some translations, if you've got like uh, King James, it'll say go ye, therefore, right? So it's like, y'all go, right? He's addressing them as a group. All of you go. Uh, and do what? And make disciples of all nations. Right? We'll come back and have a look at these in a second. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Okay, so let's just sort of break that down a little bit, right? Make disciples. He wants them to, to make disciples. Um, and we talked about that, right? When we talk, talked about what is a Christian, and we said, you know, that word's not really well defined in Scripture, but the word that is well defined is disciple. And a disciple is someone who says, what would you do in this situation, right? Because what you do, that's, that's what I'll do. Uh, if, if you were in this situation, what decision would you make? Because that's the decision that, that I'll make. Webster's Dictionary, I looked this up this week. This is quite an interesting one. Webster's Dictionary definition of disciple is this. 
one who accepts and assists in spreading the doctrines of another. Well, that's a pretty cool definition, isn't it? So Jesus says we're to carry on uh, with the mission, right? And the first part of that is to evangelize, right? Evangelize, right? Make disciples, right? Tell them the good news that, you know, we're all sinners. We've all done bad stuff. We all fall short, right? Not only do we fall short of God's standard, we fall short of our own standards, don't we, right? Um, we just fall short. We can't, we can't be good enough, right? That's kind of the bad news. But the good news is Jesus Christ died, right, to pay the punishment that should have been ours for that falling short, for that disobedience of God. Uh, and then he rose again. That's pretty good news because that means that he's paid the price for us. Forgiveness is, is on offer. We can say, go to God and say, hey, sorry, God, I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry. I've fallen short. I've done these things. And God will forgive us, right? And we can have a relationship with God. That is amazingly good news, right? So that's the first part of what we're to do, right? Make disciples, share that good news. Get other people you know, excited about that good news. So that's the first bit. That's kind of the evangelized bit. And then he goes on to say, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. So the second part of the, the, the mission, if you like, is to, of a church family is to baptize those people that we've evangelized. Uh, and we do that with the full authority of the Godhead in the name or in the authority of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So remember, we talked about this because we had a baptism service uh, about a month ago, didn't we? and uh, it was awesome. And, and, but we talked a little bit about this, right? What is baptism, right? It's a picture of the death, burial, and resurrection of, of Jesus Christ, right? It's saying, um, you can watch my life from now on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to the best of my ability, I'm going to serve him. I'm going to use my life to, to serve him. So baptism is kind of, you know, getting people to the point where they go, I'm going to dedicate my life to this thing. You can watch my life from this point on. Because Jesus Christ went to the wall for me, it just makes sense that I would do this. Uh, and so, so evangelize and then get people to the point where they're going, yeah, yep, I'm all in on this. Baptize. And then the third bit says, teaching them to observe all the things that I've commanded you. Why is that? Well, well because without Jesus' teachings, we'll argue and we'll fight over procedures and methods and, and, and all of that, and we'll fail to reach our mission objectives. So as a church family, part three of the, the mission is stabilised, right? So, so let's uh, just kind of review that, right? Evangelise, baptise, stabilise. That's kind of the, the overall plan. That's what we're about, right? That's, that's the purpose. And, and it says that Jesus said he's with us always, right? Jesus Christ leads uh, each church as a team. We're not, we're not left on our own. So that's our overall mission goals. But that all kind of sounds a little bit kind of clinical and logical, uh, very logical. So here's the question, though. How do we know when we're achieving those goals? How do we know when we're getting it right? Uh, what are our uh, key performance indicators, if you like? Some people have those in their job. I used to have those at a job I was at uh, every year. They would have these key performance indicators, and they would say, these are things we want to see by this time next year or this time in two years' time or whatever. Uh, and uh, uh, so how do we know if we're getting this right? Uh, well, fortunately, Jesus answered that question for us. If you flip back to Matthew chapter 22 and uh, verse number 36, Matthew 22, 36, the guy says, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Which is the greatest? What he's asking there is, what's the most important commandment? Right? Because I think in the Old Testament law, there's like 613 laws or something like that. Uh, and he's saying, of all these laws and stuff that we have to follow, which is the most important one? Verse number 37. And he said to him, Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. 
This is the first and uh, this is the great and first commandment, and the second is like it: you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets, right? So all of the other laws and everything the prophets talked about really hang off these two these two precepts, right? These two commandments. So um, love the Lord with everything you've got, your heart and soul and mind. Love the Lord with everything you've got and love your neighbour as much as you love yourself. And this is where all these other sort of precepts like love and grace and mercy and forgiveness and compassion and all of those things come into play for those two things to happen. Right? So our overall mission is this, uh, right? And we should probably say this out loud, right? Uh, let, let's go. Evangelise, baptise, stabilise, right? So that's, that's kind of the overall plan. But um, and how do we know when we're getting it right? I've kind of tried to put this down in a sentence to try and make it a bit easier. Right? The measurable benchmark of a disciple in a practical sense is that they'll be worshipping God and they'll be loving and serving others. Does that make sense? Yep. That, that's that's, a, that's a, the measurable benchmark. Right? So this leads us to, to kind of our last question, which is this. How does this work in practice? Like, as an individual, what's, what's my part to, part to play in all this? In, in, uh, in being part of a church family, right? So uh, 1 Corinthians 12, there's sort of a whole chapter on this and we're not, we're not going to go into it in detail, but Paul describes a church family is like a body and, and Jesus Christ is its head and all of the people in it uh, are like body parts, right? They're all kind of different, but they all have important parts to play, right? They all do different things, but, but together they carry out what, what God wants carried out, right? Evangelize, baptize, stabilize. Uh, because, you know, you have gifts and talents and abilities and, and, and experiences that are specific to you. you. You know things I don't know. You can do things I, don't, I can't do. You, you, you've experienced things I haven't experienced. You've, uh, you know people and you can relate to people that I, I, that I, I would struggle to, to relate to. Right? You mix in different circles and, and we're all like that, right? But together as a body, we have this massive impact. That's one of the reasons God, God uh, works through churches, right? uh, why churches are God's uh, means of, of doing His work, right? This is the way that God does business in the world today is through, through local churches. H- how does that kind of work, right? So, you know, if, if you're thinking, okay, for me as a person, yeah, I kind of get that. I, I'm, part of, I'm kind of a, part of this sort of body and, you know, I've got my stuff and I can kind of add that to the group. But in a practical sense, you know, even drilling down more, what do I do? How do I, how do I make that work? Okay, so during your Christian life, you really should kind of grow through three kind of broad stages and they kind of roughly match up with the stages that we go through in life, you know, growing physically. Um, First John talks about that, right? Which is childhood, right? Youth and adulthood. You basically go through those kind of three, three phases. So the first stage is, is the childhood stage. Right? And this is about observing and learning. And this is you know, primarily true if you're, if you're a new Christian. Right? If you're feeling new to this and, and you go, okay, what, what's my next step? What do I, what do, I do here? Right? Observing and learning. So your priority should be to concentrate on learning and being taught the Word of God to learn how to be the man or woman of God that you know, God wants you to be. Uh, to, to just kind of learn and to grow. This is uh, from First Peter chapter 2. We looked at this uh, Oh, several weeks ago, uh, and he says this. So get rid of all malicious behaviour and deceit. 
don't just pretend to be good. Be done with hypocrisy and jealousy and backstabbing. You must crave pure spiritual milk so that you can grow into the fullness of your salvation. Cry out for this nourishment as a baby cries for milk. Now that you've had a taste of the Lord's kindness. Yep. Once you get a taste of it, right, you just want to know more. You want to learn, you want to grow. And that's, that's an important uh, first, first stage. Yep. So if that's you, uh, if you're new to this, your job is to learn and to grow, right? Observe and learn and, uh, uh, and find out more about Christ. How do you do that, right? The obvious way is get into your Bible. Get into it as much as you can. But come along. We have lots of different ministries in, uh, uh, for different age groups where we, we come together in groups and learn to do that. And obviously on Sunday morning worship, we also, you know, we're learning now. Uh, we're going through, through the Bible. So we have lots of ways to help you do that. And so that would be, be my encouragement, right? The second, second stage you go through is kind of the youth stage. It, you know, kind of roughly equivalates to the youth, youth stage of life. And this is participating and helping, right? So in time, you, you naturally should grow to the point where you can take on some basic functions through the already established ministries that we have in our church, right? The different things that we, that we do to try and help evangelize, baptize, and stabilize. Jesus said this to the disciples. He said, come be my disciples and I'll show you how to fish for people. <laughs> yeah, that's from Matthew chapter 4, verse 19. This one from James 1, quite interesting. Uh, James 1 verse 22, he says, Remember, uh, it is a message to obey, not just to listen to. If you don't obey, you're only fooling yourself. If you just listen and you don't obey, it's like looking at your face in a mirror, but doing nothing to improve your, your appearance. You see yourself, walk away and forget what you look like. So, you know, it's really important to learn and to grow and all the time be in God's Word and figuring out what does God want? How does this work? What does Jesus look like? How can I be more like Him? If I'm His disciple, how can I make decisions like He would make and go through all that stuff? But you can't just read it, right? Because the, the, James says, look, the, it's, the Bible's like a mirror. It lets you see yourself how you really are, right? And it should start to change you and you should start putting some stuff into practice to make, make the changes that need to be made. Uh, he said, you know, it's like looking at yourself in the mirror. If you know, if you got up this morning, you looked in the mirror and your hair was all over the place, you know, you had a big zit on one side of your nose and, and, you, know, and you think, oh man, I missed a bit when I was shaving, you know, all that sort of stuff. And you went, oh well, and just walked off. That's kind of, what was the point of looking in the mirror? You look in the mirror and go, okay, I need to fix that. I need to comb my hair or whatever. And that's what he's saying. If, you, if you're reading the Bible and then you're not doing it, you're just reading it, it's like looking in the mirror and then not making any change. So we need to, as we learn and observe, we've got to start putting the stuff into practice. Somebody asked me just the other day, I was at a, at a, um, a pastor's breakfast, <laughs> uh, and uh, the guy said, oh, do you have a doctorate? And I said, no, 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 I don't. And he said, well, are you working on one? And I said, uh, no, no, I'm not right now. And he said, well, why not? I said, I'm already educated far beyond my level of obedience. <laughs> I need to just put into practice, you know, the stuff that I, uh, that I know, right? And, uh, you know, maybe one day, who knows, but what, what God has in store. But, um, you know, you just, um, we need to put into practice the stuff we know, right? So that's, that's kind of the second phase. And so maybe that's you. Maybe that's where you're at. You go, yeah, I know a lot of stuff now. I've been in this game a little while. Uh, I need to start uh, getting involved in, in, in doing some stuff. And then the, the last stage, obviously, is the adult stage, which is teaching and leading. So as, as your growth continues, right, you should reach this point where you can begin to help other people in the same way that you've been helped. Um, this is Paul to Timothy. He said, Paul said this to Timothy. He said, you've heard me teach many things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. 
teach these great truths to trustworthy people who are able to pass them on to others. Pour into other people's lives the way that people have poured into yours. Teach them the stuff that, you, that you've been taught. You know, make disciples, right? One of the things that a disciple does is make disciples. <laughs> yeah, and there should be this, this pattern going on, right? So, so pour into other people's lives and, and, and connect with them the way that, that that's been done for you. Now, um, important to say here, be patient, right? This process takes both time and effort. And then um, I want to look at this passage because this gets really important. This is something that the, the writer of Hebrews said. He says this, oh, to him be glory in the church. Right, let's go through that again just quickly. Right, To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus unto all generations forever and ever. Amen. Right? Um, but then the uh, writer of Hebrews says this, right? Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage uh, one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So don't give up gathering together, right? That's what a church is, right? It's an assembly. It's a congregation. Don't give up doing that because you need the encouragement. Living the Christian life is tough sometimes, right? It's not easy and you need other people's encouragement. But even more importantly, they need yours. They need your encouragement, and so we don't want to get slack on this. And, and he says, look, it's only going to get tougher, right? Um, just uh, make, sure you, make, make sure you don't, you know, make sure you sort of prioritize this a little bit. Uh, not a little bit. Just make sure you prioritize it. Okay, so let's just sort of finish up and, and look at those statements that we looked at initially and kind of go back to those. Yeah, look, I, I don't go to church because I've been hurt by people in church in the past. Now, this is a very real experience for some people, and some of those hurts are quite serious, right? So I'm not downplaying that in any way, right? You, you may have stories like that. Um, but I do kind of want to say this, right? So when, when I was a, a teenager, my dad was a soldier, and he was stationed overseas uh, in Australia for a few years, and we lived in Australia. Uh, and uh, I got beaten up one time by a group of people from a particular ethnic group. Right? Now, I'm not going to tell you which group it was, but whatever one you're thinking of, it's not that one. And so, but what if I said, look, those are bad people. I am never going to deal with those people again. What would we call that? Yeah, that's racism, right? That's racism. It's, this is kind of the same, isn't it? You know, I, I, I was treated very badly. I was hurt by people in the church in the past. It's kind of the same thing to say, so all of the, all of the all churches are that way, right? Everybody's like that. Yeah, it's kind of, kind of the same idea, uh, and like I say, I'm, I'm not I'm not playing down the, the hurts. You know, there are some there are some you know genuinely uh, bad things that 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 have been done in churches, but you can kind of see how this is kind of equivalent to racism, isn't it? In in a sense, yeah, same kind of uh, basic idea. Okay, so um, what about this one? I'm too busy. Like I say, I've used that one myself in the past. This is just about priorities. Isn't it? So, am I who I say I am? If if I'm serious and and I think say I really want to, I want people to see God. I want people to connect with God. I want the spotlight turned on God. How does the spotlight get turned on God? Through His churches. Glory be to Him through the church. So uh, it's just about just about priorities. There's also this, right? Uh, no, actually, we'll leave that. Well, let's let's just go to the next next one. I do church rogue, 
right? And this is really common. This has become more common because of COVID lockdowns and things like that. You know, people were, you know, we weren't able to assemble together. And then uh, when we were, some people have just kind of stayed behind, right? Uh, and, and I get this quite a lot now. I, you know, just stay at home and I just watch online or just, you know, me and my family just do our own thing uh, or I just study by myself, that kind of stuff. Church is an assembly or a, or a gathering of believers. It's a gathering to worship. And so if we don't do that, there's a fullness that we're missing out on. We're just missing out. There's, there's something about it, eh? Just gathering together to worship together with a bunch of people. You know, when we were, I was just standing up the front there this morning and we, uh, I exalt there and everybody was singing and there's just something about that, eh? When you're together with, with a group of people that, that you're missing out on. But there's also this, right? You might end up a bit weird, <laughs> right? Um, uh, this is uh, from Proverbs chapter 18, verse 1. It says, Whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire, right? So you can become a bit self-centered when you're by yourself. And you can also end up, you know, you end up in a situation where you kind of major on minors and minor on majors, right? You make a big deal out of things that really aren't that important and then things that are important, you kind of play down a little bit and you kind of miss out. You can become a bit self-centered. And it says he breaks out against all sound judgment. So you just kind of start making strange decisions, right? When you don't have somebody else around you, other believers to challenge you and go, hey, what about this verse? What about this, right? Uh, and be inspired by other, uh, other Christians around you and, and all that kind of stuff. So it's not the same thing. You can become self-centered and you start to make some weird decisions. And then this one, I, I get this a lot. I just had it again this week, talking to someone in a coffee shop. I don't believe in organized religion. And so the conversation I had said, well, what does disorganized religion look like? <laughs> you know, it's like, a, just turn up when you think might be a good time. You know, I don't know. Um, you know we'll just pick a, pick a verse at random, everybody, because we, you know, we haven't put any time into studying this out and praying and seeing where God's leading us. You know, I don't know. God was very, very organized about the way he set up worship, right, and the way, way he did things. And so it's, it's kind of a, a weird thing. And anyway, had this good discussion. It was, it was a really good discussion. And in the end, the lady said to me, yeah, I, you know, I guess I'm just kind of using that as an excuse. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. In the end, it comes down to this, right? This is what Jesus said to his disciples in uh, John chapter 12, uh, verse 34. He says, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you're also to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. Right, I've highlighted those in yellow there. You see how many times he's reiterating the same point, right? When the Bible says something more than once, it's important. When it says it lots of times, it's really important because this is what we're about. This is what we're about. We, we are a gathering of believers whose job it is to evangelize, to baptize and to stabilize so that the spotlight gets turned on God, right? And people see him and they know we're his followers by the way that we treat each other, that we love and we care for one another. That's what people will notice. That's kind of the, the crux of who we are. So uh, if, you, if you, you know, what is it? You forget 80% of what you heard within 72 hours and, and like 95% of it within a week or something like that. If you can just remember this, evangelize, baptize, stabilize, right? That's, that's the, the crux of things, right? What we're about. But also people will know, um, know we're Jesus' disciples if we have a loved one for another. That's, that's the kind of the glue that, that, that keeps the whole thing together. Yep, make sense?
yeah, hopefully that was helpful. Uh, it's good, really good for me to go, go through this again and just kind of remind yourself. Eh? And it's just, it's an awesome thing that we have here in Hukunui, um, just all the different elements that are, that are playing into this, evangelize, baptize, stabilize, and the, and the love and care that people have uh, for each other. There is something about it. There's just something that's very magnetic and attractive, isn't there, about uh, when you see God's people doing what God's designed them to do. Really cool. All right, let's pray, and then I'll, I'll hand back to Craig. Hey, Father, we, um, we do come before you uh, standing in awe uh, and exalting you, Lord, Lord, it's, it's incredible to, to see what you're doing in the world, but it's, uh, it's incredible to actually be a part of it uh, here at Hokanui Bible Church. And um, Lord, thank you for all the incredible, exciting things that are, that are going on, exciting things that are happening. Uh, thank you for the ministries that are, that are really just connecting people with you. Uh, Lord, we, we really do want to turn the spotlight uh, on you and, um, and give you glory. Uh, Lord, uh, we don't always get it right. There are things that we mess up. Uh, there are things where we just get procedures wrong. There are things where we just get our, our own pride and ego and whatever gets in the way. Uh, and um, we don't uh, love each other like you loved us sometimes. And we just ask for forgiveness for that. And we also just make ask that you make us aware uh, of when we areas and 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 times when we're getting it wrong, both as a, both as, a, uh, as an assembly, as a congregation, but also as individuals. Lord, we just pray that we'll all step up and, and, and play our part, uh, Lord. Uh, and, we, and we do just thank you for, yeah, this, this thing that is Christianity that just goes way beyond, you know, back in the past, beyond the book, bookends of our lives in both directions, uh, and that we get to, to, to be a part of what you're doing. Thank you for your love and your grace to us. Uh, thank you this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.